And it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. Glad you could join us. Today, a look at Joel chapter 2 verses 15 through 17 gives us a window into what God told the religious leaders of Joel's day to do. There are modern lessons for us in these commands. And now, with his message for today, is our pastor, Robert Elliott. Well, good morning and happy Father's Day, man. We know it's challenging to be a father and only with God's help can we uh, fulfill that role in a meaningful and a proper manner. At Calvary Bible Church this Father's Day morning, we're going to combine our two services to meet as one worship service at 11 o'clock. We trust that you'll know that you're invited and welcome to come to such a Father's Day worship service. My message for this Father's Day is entitled, Take Courage, and it's going to point out the fact that uh, we have courage that is available to us outside of us in the person of Jesus Christ and his precious Bible. So whether we fear something as big as death or whether we fear something as uh, nagging as uh, whether or not we're forgiven, Christian fathers can be encouraged at Calvary Bible Church today to have a message on Father's Day, which is entitled, Take Courage. Happy Father's Day. I told you last sermon that culturally back then, the way that you would have sorrow for your sin outwardly was to rip your own clothes and then to wear them in public ripped. And so when you saw a woman or a man walking around in the society and culture with ripped clothes, you knew, oh, they've become sorrowful for their sin. God says, that's not really what I want. Because you can rip your clothes and walk around with ripped clothes and not truly have an inward sorrow of heart for sin, right? What God wanted was a truly inner sorrow for sin that was shown or not shown by ripped clothes. As I put it last message, what God wanted was ripped hearts, not ripped clothes. He still does. It's sort of like I was watching a little NBA basketball this afternoon. Being an NBA basketball player is a whole lot different than going out and buying his jersey in a store and wearing it. One man has the gifts and is given sacrificially of his time and his physical efforts in training to become a professional basketball player. And he wears his jersey because he's a professional basketball player. But the person who goes out to the sports store and just buys that player's jersey and wears it around on Saturdays, that's easy. But it's not genuine. God wants no easy repentance. He wants genuine repentance, genuine sorrow for sin. Next, for directing the average Jews, the Lord had his prophet Joel move from directing the average man or woman to directing the priests, the Jewish spiritual leaders. God turns his attention through his prophet to them. And the Lord had his prophet Joel tell these priests specifically what they should do differently. It wasn't just the average Jew that needed to do things differently. It was also the priests. And we're going to see in our passage, which is verses 15 to 17, that God told the priests eight things. 
Verses 12 and 13, he told the average person five things they should do. He told the average priest eight things that he should do. Ready? Let's read verses 15 to 17. Blow a trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Proclaim a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and the nursing infants. Let the bridegroom come out of his room and the bride out of her bridal chamber. Let the priests, the Lord's ministers, weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, Spare your people, O Lord. Do not make your inheritance a reproach, a byword among the nations. Why should they... Among the people say, where is their God? So you ready? Here's what God told the priests that they ought to do. Number one, they ought to assemble a people. Blow a trumpet in Zion. Gather the people is the phraseology God used. First, they were to assemble a people. Number two, they were to organize a national fast. They were to, in the words of the verse, consecrate a fast. Number three, they were to structure the assembly of the people. It wasn't just to be willy-nilly. It wasn't just to be chaotic. It was to be assembly of the people that the text says was to be a solemn assembly. They weren't to assemble to be entertained. They weren't to assemble to slap each other on the back and reacquaint themselves in fellowship. They were to be structured by the priests in the assembly, and it should be a solemn assembly. Why? Because repentance was going to take place. Number four, the priests were to focus on the assembled people. They were to sanctify the congregation, the verse says. The idea was the priests were to show good, sound, spiritual, unhypocritical leadership to help the people who were assembled in this solemn assembly to return to being set apart to God for God's possession and use. So to review, the priests were to assemble the people, they were to organize a national fast, they were to structure the assembly of the people, and they were to focus the assembled people. Number five, what they were to do was they were to assemble the lay leaders. The priests were the mediators between God and the nation, but below the priests, there were some uh, lay leaders here called elders. And so they were also to be assembled. These lay leaders in the, in the nation were also to be assembled. Number six, the priests were to leave no one out. They were to call everyone in the nation to this solemn assembly for the purpose of repentance. And the words of the verse makes it very clear. On one extreme, the priests were to gather the children. The priests were even to gather the nursing infants. The priests were even to gather the bridegrooms to come out of their marriage chambers and the bride's out of their marriage chambers. Maybe you'll recall with me that the Jewish protocol for a wedding and a marriage was very unique. The man would ask for the woman's hand in marriage through her parents. And when the agreement was struck that the man would marry the woman, they were betrothed. And we would say engaged. But in the Jewish mind, it was betrothal. Betrothal to a Jew was binding marriage. And so when Mary, Jesus' mother, was found to be with child while betrothed to Joseph, it says in Matthew, the gospel uniquely written to a Jewish readership, that he was thinking about writing her a bill of divorcement. In the Jewish mind, it would take a divorce to break a betrothal. In our mind, it would take a breaking off an engagement. Okay? So in the Jewish model, 
the man approaches the beloved one's parents, father particularly, asks for a hand in marriage, and the agreement is made, and they are betrothed. They are betrothed for one year, and they live apart. They have never consummated their marriage. The man goes to prepare a home for his betrothed bride and him to live in and to raise a family in one day. And she stays with her parents and readies herself to be a wife. This is why when the church is called the bride of Christ, this is why Jesus said in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. It's the whole model of the Jewish marriage. Right now, we are betrothed to Jesus Christ. We're considered to be married to our bridegroom, although we live on earth and he is at his Father's right hand in heaven. He has gone to prepare a home for the bride of Christ, the church, to live in forever with him. But one day, at the rapture of the church, he's going to come back and receive us to himself, that where he is, we will be also. I'm looking forward to that day. But in this Jewish model, again, the man asks for the woman's hand in marriage through the Father, And then they're betrothed, legally married in the Jewish mindset. They live apart for one year. And after one year, when the bridegroom makes a place, a home for them to live in, he returns with a wonderful ceremonial processional, usually by night with torches, and comes back expectedly. And the bride is looking forward to the bridegroom's return. And he comes with the torch processional and his best man and his groomsman, we would say. And then he brings his bride back the distance to where he has made a physical home for them. And there's a wonderful wedding feast that is also pictured for us redemptively in the book of Revelation, the marriage supper of the Lamb, the marriage feast of the Lamb. When that wedding feast is over in the locality of the bridegroom's home, then the bride and groom enter their privacy and the sanctity of their bridal chamber, and they sexually and physically consummate their marriage for the very first time. The striking thing about what God told Joel is that God said, don't leave anyone out when you assemble the congregation of the nation. Don't leave the little children out. Don't leave the nursing infants out. Don't even leave out the bride and the bridegroom in their bridal chamber who have been waiting one year to consummate their marriage. Bring them out of the bridal chamber to the solemn assembly. That's how serious it was. Thanks, Pastor Rob, for your message today. And now it's time for Youth Talk with Pastor Nicholas Rogers. Good morning. This is Pastor Nicholas, and this is another edition of Youth Talk. And today we want to actually have a ministry spotlight on our Vacation Bible School. As you know, every year at Calvary Bible Church, we do Vacation Bible School, and we have a great time with kids and have them learn about Christ. And, you know, we want to see them grow in their relationship with Christ. And this year, our Vacation Bible School is June 25th to June 29th. The cost is $20 for the week. If you would like to sign up, please call our church office at 326-0800 or come to our church office and sign your kid up. Uh, This is a great time that we come together and we learn about Christ and and grow in our faith. And we have a great time. And like I said, this this year our theme is Shipwreck, Rescued by Jesus. We're going to be looking at a couple of different things. And, And it really is great if you listen to this broadcast because we have in the last couple of weeks on the Youth Talk have been talking about how, um, you know, Jesus is with us during tough times. And, and, and this is actually what it's talking about during the VBS. It's talking about how, you know, Jesus rescues. And the first point on the Monday that we're going to look at is when you're lonely, Jesus rescues. 
And this is just a great time that, you know, the kids can learn about when they're lonely. They don't have to worry because Christ is always there. And on day two, they're going to look at when you worry, Jesus rescues. Um, you know, we like to complain. We like to worry about things that we have no control over. But we have to understand that we have a, a Savior who rescues us. Uh, day three, we're going to look at is when you struggle, Jesus rescues. Again, our theme, Jesus rescues. When you're struggling through things in life and you go through different problems, you can turn to Jesus Christ. And like I said, it's just so amazing how the Holy Spirit works at how this just goes along with what we've been talking about on our uh, broadcast on a weekly basis in the last couple couple weeks. The fourth day is when you do wrong, Jesus rescues. You know, we need to recognize that as we consider our lives, we all have a problem with sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. And the reality is that even when we do wrong, Christ is there to forgive us of our sins if we confess them to him. And the last point that we're going to look at that week is when you're powerless, Jesus rescues. You know, the reality is that in our lives and when we consider what we're going through in life, we are powerless. We don't have anything but through the power of the Holy Spirit as we think of our relationship with Jesus Christ. The great thing about VBS is, like I said, it's a great time. And the ages of VBS is from K-5 up to grade 6. And that is the year that they've completed. And so when we think of VBS, we also have a great time of games. You know, kids, um, you know, the summertime has come and, you know, it gets hot. And, you know, we have a great time of games and even on the, one of the days, we have a special day where we have a water slide and just a great time to have fun and, you know, play games together. But one of the, the most amazing things that the kids really enjoy is our song time. They get to learn new songs, new truths about God's Word um, through song and, and just a, a great time of, and, and use that energy um, to just learn different actions and motions of the songs. And it's just so great to see the excitement in the kids' faces. Um, I can I can guarantee you, um, you know, you know, not just from, you know, my perspective, but I know we've just heard so much testimonies over the last couple of years of just how excited their kids are to look forward to Vacation Bible School. And the reality is that you don't want to miss this because this is an exciting event and we have great leaders and helpers and people who are really passionate about seeing these kids in a relationship with Christ and they bring that enjoyment um, to it. Um one of the other great things that we do is the Imagination Station. Um, there are many VBSs that will do a craft time where maybe kids just color and they do little, um, you know, little things with cardboard, whatever it may be. Um, but our Imagination Station is it, just great where kids, um, through different um, objects and almost like science, bring the truth of faith into, you know, what God's Word says. And, and it's just an amazing time. Um, and, and just the excitement and just even testimony from kids saying how much they enjoy um, that time, the Imagination Station, more than the regular craft. You know, the crafts that you color and those type of things. You know, it's just great to see the enjoyment. But most importantly, um, the reason that we're there is the Bible stories. Uh, we have teachers that come and, and teach the Bible stories in a fun, exciting way. Um, just to come there and be ready to, you know, serve the Lord and just be able to teach these kids the Word of God because that's why it's called Vacation Bible School. This isn't just somewhere that you're going to come and just have a, a fun time, which we know they will, but we want to make sure they learn the truth. You know, kids have spent so many um, 
months previously um, in school and learning so many different things. And this is a time for them to just come and learn the true book, the Bible. You know, the reality is that when we consider all the different subjects and books that they go through, um, things do change. But we teach them from the Word of God, the, the, the book that never changes. And I think that, you know, for you as a parent, um, let's be honest, you're looking for things for your kids to do. You want to get them out of the house. Um, you want to find something for them to do. Um, like I already said, it's $20 a week. And that includes food. You know, there's not many places that you can find that you can say, I can pay $20 a week Monday to Friday from June 25th to the 29th from 9 to 1. That includes food for $20. Again, like I said, we want to invite you um, to this, but I also want to make sh- make sure that you understand that space is limited. Um, our, our spots are filling up. And so if you would like to be a part of the Vacation Bible School, you know, don't waste time. Come and sign up to our church office. Come and call if you need any more information. But let me give you those dates again as we, you know, close this, this segment on the ministry spotlight because I think that we want to make sure that you don't miss this opportunity. And those dates again are June 25th to the 29th, Monday to Friday from 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock. And just a great time to come together and to learn about God's Word to have fun with friends, and to just, again, just have a great time, um, you know, just focusing on the Word of God. Please, don't miss out on this great opportunity for your kids. And now, today's Ministry Spotlight. Good morning. It's a joy to be in the radio studio with friends from Wales, Philip and Margaret Evans. Good morning, friends. Good Good morning. Good morning. We have been reviewing some things that God has been doing in in their lives, which are many things. And what I'd like to visit with Margaret about in these moments is something called Love Wales. And you've been involved with this, and I was hoping you could tell our listeners about what it is. So in Wales, we are kind of a post-revival culture. And the situation now is that the majority of people do not go to church at all. There's a great need for the gospel. There is a great need for the harvest to be reaped because everybody needs Jesus. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's the great commission is go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so we need to be telling them the good news about Jesus because Jesus is the answer to life. Jesus is what it's all about. If we don't know Jesus, we're missing the whole point of life. And sadly, Mm. this is the situation with the majority of people in the area where we live today. So the Love Wales organization is set up to seek to build bridges to communicate the gospel with people who will not enter church or go to a, a church service which is most of the population. So the way it's done is a few days, perhaps three days, will be planned and often using a large tent, a marquee, because people seem to find it easier to walk into a tent than a building. Uh It's kind of uh, fun and friendly and you're not locked in anywhere. (laughs) If they want to wander out, they can. So it's to reach them where they are. 
and particularly, of course, in school holidays, because we do this in the summer, because our weather can be rather uncertain, <laughs> even in the summer, of course, but the summer's the best hope. So um, people have children to entertain, and what do we do with the children, of course, in the summer holidays? So we have children's activities planned, all kinds of things, I and mean, one of the most effective and popular is football, to get uh, a young man you know, to come and... Uh, teach football, set up football games. And, of course, the girls and the boys are into football these days, so that is a great draw. And then we'll have other activities, like for youngsters, even for toddlers, we'll have, like, big toys, push-around toys, so that the mothers can sit around while the toddlers are playing mm -hmm. with the toys. And then we have constant tea and coffee and biscuits on the go. So they will have a cup of coffee, they can chat with one another, and the Love Wales workers can come alongside and talk with them, befriend them, and show that Christians are human, mm. normal people yeah, that true. care about them, mm. that can be where they are and sit where they sit. And often, people are troubled. People have many problems. And they will quite easily open their hearts and share the problems. And it's able to drop words of life into their hearts just gently we have other games for the children and craft craft is a big thing children making things painting and another thing that goes quite well is um setting up a small store to do nail decorating polishing yeah etc the girls like that and some dressing up clothes games outside some races you know whatever things to keep the children busy. So all the time we're trying to make contacts also with the adults. The evenings we do gospel meeting with music, with the word of God. But I have to say that often the, the mums and the, those that brought the children tend not to return in the evening because they've come you know, for the fun. But also we have sometimes a, a prayer for healing and needs tent up. And people will come in there with their needs. You know, many of the people in the area look okay. You yeah. look at them, they seem reasonable. But their hearts are needy and hungry. Mm -hmm. And there are relationship problems, family breakdown, etc. Many things that uh, the Lord can help them with. So what we have started doing now is we'll do a barbecue and give free burgers hot dogs, etc. And the people, of course, will come for that. People uh -huh. come for food. Yes, we always find that, we? put some we? food on, and they're all there. So we do that. And then while the people are enjoying that, we'll have testimonies going out over a loudspeaker, just short, three minutes, hopefully not more, not more than five, just people saying clearly and in a straight-up way how Jesus helped them, what Jesus has done in their life, how they got saved, just briefly. Mm -hmm. And while the people are hanging around eating and having refreshments, they're hearing those words. Yes. We give out literature, free literature and uh, Bibles. And so the seeds of the gospel are going out. And we're seeing some people saved, but it's an ongoing work. We're building bridges, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and the gospel's there. And so they know also that there are people that believe in the Lord, love him, and follow him. So this is partly why we so also urgently pray for strong churches, for yeah. the follow-up. Yeah. 
is so important because uh, in such an area, when churches are not strong and and um, looking amazing, you know, on the Christian television, etc., one sees big, wonderful churches. Mm-hmm. But where we are, the churches are smaller, which, of course, is not so exciting, shall we say. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it is more personal. Definitely. So we want those small churches to become strong, that God would bless and strengthen and uh, also increase that when people come into church, you know, in a, in a wonderful way, they just see the glory of God, you know, of course, it's the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can do it, and we are dependent upon Him and look into Him to reap that harvest, yeah, which yeah. is there to be reaped. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that story and the program and the the initiative. Love Wales, fabulous, and I'm sure the Lord is blessing His Word as it is uh, shared in a in a diversity of ways through that project. Yeah. Thank you so much for telling our listeners about it. I'm sure it's very thought-provoking and uh, that hopefully it will spur on some prayer from the Bahamas for Wales. Love Wales. Thank you. Mm, Yes. 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 Appreciate that very much. Thank you. Let let me pray together with you. Uh, Father, as I was listening to my sister talk about the exciting and good work of Love Wales, I was thinking that you willed it that Jesus uh, go to places, uh, Capernaum, Nazareth, Tyre, uh, the region of the Gadarenes, and other places. And you didn't will it that Jesus just waited in the temple in Jerusalem and expected that all the nation would come to him in one place. So thank you that Love Wales is a is something that is what the Lord Jesus did, going to where the people are and expressing love and hope and uh, the way of salvation. We pray, Lord, that uh, Love Wales would continue to know your blessing and that divine appointments would be made in heaven and uh, followed through upon on earth so that the persons of your choosing would be in these tents and experiencing these things and hearing the message. And we pray that the churches in Wales would would grow by new converts mm-hmm. coming to them yes. and by uh, even the families and business associates <laughs> of these new converts being invited by the new converts and they too coming to the uh, buildings where your people assemble. So Lord, thank you for this nice and and uplifting story of truth, what you're doing in Wales, and we commit and commend it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 a.m. in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com or P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, everyone needs a savior.